Hello and welcome back to Casey's Freak Show podcast with your girl Casey Coop. Today is my first episode recording with my new producer, Max Mazel. Welcome, Max. Let's give her a little round of applause. Uh, Mason's actually my old producer's en route to his new life in the Midwest. And I'm going to miss him so much. Good luck, boo. I already miss him. Um, Today's going to get weird in the best possible way because I'm sitting across from Alex Hooper, whom I think I met outside of a mic at like the improv space when I was new to comedy and you were talking about like burner parties. And I was like, whoa, my people are in the comedy sphere. I I didn't know before that. That would make sense of where we would meet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like just like that in Westwood. Um, Alex is a mystifying man. He is a comedian, a raver and host of Crave, the stand up comedy show meets rave. He's been on Comedy Central's Roast Battle, the new show Corporate, and Plenty of Acid. It's good to see you, Alex. Oh, thank you. It's good to see you too, Case. Hi. So you host the Crave Comedy Show. We'll just yeah. fucking start that. You've, you've, you're doing so much right now that... I, I, I Yeah, I'm, I'm a constant machine of moving parts where I I'm know. always trying to do so many different things to see if anything will stick. You know, you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall. I admire you. No, I, I'm, I want to get into that because I admire the shit out of you. You are harder than like... 90, 95% of people I know, and I really Well, I got to make up it. for the fact that I'm not funny at all by working harder <laughs> than everybody else. Good, so. Well, good, good on you now. You're hilarious. Um, but yeah, Crave, is, uh, Crave has been my baby for the past five years. It's my people. I get to do stand-up almost every single night, but Crave is literally my brain at work. Uh, I try to create an immersive world for people to play in where they forget uh, wherever their problems are. You can dress however you want. People put on weird costumes. You can do pretty much whatever you want. I mean, to a degree. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't, don't. A sprinkling of professionalism in there, but only a sprinkling. Yeah, exactly. Don't, you know, don't. It's just, comedy. Just be a good it's person. Fun. That's all we care about. As long as you're a good person, go on your own trip, whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, and we do themed comedy shows where I actually write scripts around the stand-up comedians. So the comedians oh. do their own stand-up sets, but we always have a story that comes out through every interstitial. So instead of me introducing the comics normally and like making a joke. Like the same old comedy show that you always see. Right. We do a story that goes throughout and so with, a, with a through line. So by the end, you've like watched an entire story go by and you've like cool. learned about characters and uh, a lot of times there's a crazy twi- M. Night Shyamalan style twist <laughs> really? and stuff like that. I did not know that. We, we really go really big. Sometimes we try t- a little bit to get a little bit too quirky, a little too creative. Who are you hosting with? Who's the person in the we? I often pick, um, like, I often use my co-producer, uh, Mike Graham, who does all my tech. He's my cool. lighting guy, my sound guy, DJ, all this other stuff. I use him a lot because um, he was an actor for a long time and he just likes playing characters. And other Fine. times I'll just bring in random friends who just, like, want to play parts. Like We've had ones where I've needed, like, six cast members and we've had to do rehearsals and put on basically a play uh, in between the stand-up comedians. That's amazing. It's a... Uh, uh, sometimes we bite off more than we could chew, but like uh, it's Does really it fun. End with a rave? Is that after that? Yeah, we do show? comedy first, like for like ninety minutes, and then we just have a dance party gotcha. with like DJs, and uh, sometimes we have like live art. In the past, we've had fire spinners and yeah, some cirque and stuff like that. Well, last week I had on April, uh, my coworker. Her real name's Ashley. I don't know. I'm used. I'm not used to using the real names in the club. Yeah, but sure. Her name's Ashley Soltis, and she's like a professional. Uh, 
um, hooper, like fire spinner, um, doing the dart shit, like the the rope dart. Yeah. Um, and through her and some other people at my club, I've met a bunch of the burner community who's really big on Desert Hearts and all the festivals yeah. that you promote and you've been to. Um, yeah, Desert Hearts was our, it was Crave's first like big festival that we did. That's what I saw. Yeah. yeah. My friend Craig, his DJ name is Liquid Giraffe. He like plays at all of those Oh festivals. yeah, I've heard of that guy. Do you know him? Oh my God. He's Not personally, my... but I've, I've, I recognize that name from Flyers. I think he knows a lot of the same people as you, but he's like one of my best friends and he's a DJ at my club. Um, but how did you come up with the concept? Have you been going to raves or in festivals you for know, a long time? Not that. Like, I started going to festivals probably like seven or seven, eight, probably eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. And I just fell in love with just the freedom of, me oh, too. we can do whatever we want here. No one's judging me for the way I me look. And I used to I used to be a guy that went to festivals in jeans, you know, jeans like and t-shirt. Like when you were new? Yeah. yeah. And I, then all of a sudden I put on leggings one day and I was like, whoa, yeah. what is this crazy new world? Where, and I just—it's almost weird for me to imagine you in jeans. Are you wearing jeans now? I'm Under, wearing jeans right okay, now. Okay, but jeans I'm and a like. Uh- I mostly interact with you online, and you're always in leggings, which is like galactic leggings or various yeah. ge- like printed leggings. I have a lot of like I have more leggings than my girlfriend yeah. and her <laughs> sisters combined, probably. Wow, I have so many. Do you ever steal her leggings? She's like Alex, not again. I've worn them for photo shoots because yeah. sometimes <laughs> I've exhausted all of my pairs. Like I have like oh my I th- god, I think I have twelve or fourteen pairs of leggings. Holy, so. That's more than me. I have a lot, um, and I get annoyed with my boyfriend. Like had long hair, and he'd steal like my hair ties and shit i can't imagine yeah i uh there's it, i always have to ask my girlfriend for weird like girly type things i'm like That's do you have okay. an extra fanny pack <laughs> i need one so uh, you've been going to festivals for a while and you were like fuck it i want my comedy world to meet my fun world i think what really happened is like i found i went to this after hour space that was so cool and they had this amazing stage in there and i realized i was like what an awesome place this would be to put in a comedy show it was like an airplane hangar but they were having like parties in there till six in the morning like burning man parties parties and I was like what if I could just like put a show on in here and at first when we started we just did all right we'll do a comedy show followed by a dance party and we'll just call it crave the comedy rave and then Mm -hmm. as I started getting more involved with the burner community because burners own the space they were like you're putting on a show and then a party what we would like, like what we really like is an immersive event. We want uh, the entire night to feel like one thing instead of a first a show and then your party. Oh, yeah. I always so, pictured it to just be a show and then distinctly a dance party. No. So, I mean, we really like we try. That's why we try to theme it and stuff like that and get people to like dress up in however, you know, in costumes right. and stuff like we really try to push people to just do the things here that you otherwise might feel weird doing in the real world. Yeah. You know, get this is the place to be creative. This is the place to play. And we really, that's what I strive for is like, I throw this party so that other people can lose themselves for a night. Like Dude, I, and ever since you started it, I remember even a couple years ago, like I wasn't seeing comedians let loose as much and they kind of, you know, give me a lot of ribbing for going to Coachella or other like raves and sure. stuff. Like I'd see a lot of jokes on Twitter about that. They're just like, jealous making... they can't go. But it's I think in the comedy community, I've seen the mix of the festival world mixed in, and I feel like that's an influence that you've had because I hope I'm like so. everyone's like starting to let loose a little more and be like freer and like festival kids. Anyone that's afraid, like people have told me a lot, they're like, "Ah, uh, crave doesn't sound like my thing," and I'm they're just like, I'm like "Why?" They're just... and I'm like, "I don't want to have fun." It's just a really good party. It's just that's what it is. People are like. I don't want to go to a rave. I'm like, it's just 
a party. Like, it's a party that has music. If you don't want to dance, no one's throwing you into the dance floor and making you, you know? But I've definitely seen, and especially in myself, I mean, more so than almost anybody, but just a transformation that has happened as I've become more free and more willing and more open just to not care as much what people think. And I like, think that's what festivals gave to me. I also, I think it was about the same time that you went to your first one. It was my senior year in college, so that was 2011. Yeah, and that was my first one. Dude, me and my friends up in Oregon, and Oregon's like, fucking, it rains every day, and it's depressing and gray all the time. We caravaned, like, a couple of us. Basically, I had just seen photos of some of my favorite celebrities at Coachella. But yeah. I, but at that point, I was like, it's like a fashion show and a dance party. My favorite things. Sure. Um, so we were like, fuck it. Let's get tickets. And we scraped up what little money we had in college. And we, like, drove down, nearly fell asleep at the wheel a couple times. It was like a 15-hour drive or yeah, something. Yeah, it's a long way. Um, but when we finally got out of the car... We arrived in goddamn like Utopia, and that was the last year. Yeah. The festival was only one weekend before they made the identical two weekends, and I, I do understand, and I, I know that it's become more kind of corporate and like not as fun. It's I know I think it's still just as much fun. Really? Yeah, I do because I was there. I was there the last two years, and I'm not going this year because I'm going to other things. But like this, it really. I still have the best time ever. And even when my friends and I took a year off, because I would go with a really big crew. There's like at least like 15 of us usually in a house. And we were like, we got, we took a couple years off and then we were like, we went back and we were like, oh yeah, why do we not do this every year? Because people shit on it. It makes you feel bad about it. At oh, least I don't me. feel I, I let them shit all over it because I'm out there having the time of my fucking right? life. It's so much fun. It's Because like also just the fact that, and of course I became a stripper, but I love being scantily clad or naked and just dancing freely and everyone staring at me. That's like my dream. Like that's yeah. what I love. If I if I like watching people that are so into it that they're just mm. like, you know, last night I went to uh, that night on Broadway event in downtown LA and the I've B never heard of it. It's a, just a one night like big block party, but the B fifty twos played. I don't really care about the B fifty twos. I know two songs, but I went down there and watching the people that are really into the B fifty twos. It just made let, it oh my god, so much better for me. Like I had a great time. They were awesome. It opens but, up like a locked part of me where I'm still holding back where I didn't think I was holding back, and that part opens up when you see somebody just let go yeah I that's the best part i used to go to festivals and i'd look at these people that were wearing these crazy outfits i'd be like look at that guy that's insane and i would never <laughs> think like of doing it but now i am that person that i feel like they're like is that person dressed like some kind of disco ninja character <laughs> like with a ninja. with a whip and all this stuff and then i realized like you know then like these 19 year old kids are looking at me like oh we can do that. You can just like, go have fun. Yeah, we and, can wear whatever. Like, is that a thirty-year-old man wearing exactly? That stuff? Yeah, and you it don't is. have to lose like your your child your childlike sense of fun as you get older. I think that's also something I saw when I started going to festivals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the 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 when people say like the world's falling apart, and I like I go to festivals and I'm like, no, I look at all of these people that just everyone's your friend right. here and everyone talks to each other and there's no weirdness of like, oh, why are you next to me? Oh, this. Yeah. You know? Especially festivals like Desert Hearts and like those more like lightning in a bottle, the more like, fest, you know, yes. transformational festivals, which I don't love that word or anything, but in some ways they did kind of transform me. So I guess I, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's why I really wanted to have you on, on the freak show, like. You, out of so many guys I know, emit like a sense of freedom that I don't see a lot. That's and comforting. <laughs> no, it's, it it's is. Awesome. No, it it's is. It's the best. Like, I rarely have guys on the podcast because I like people who just like have really like opened up parts of themselves that they were too scared to go to. Yeah. And that's for so long that I, I, 
wasn't really sure who I was as a person or what I was supposed to do. And I was kind of just, I was just doing stand up and just f- trying to find my purpose. And then mm-hmm. like, and I wasn't even looking for it. It just kind of, a bunch of things came together and found me all at the same time, like the festival culture, like getting, like adopting the pugs and all that. And having mm-hmm. these, the support group of people that are like, Oh no, we just have fun all the time. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? I like that. Dude, we should all have fun I was all the actually, time. Um, I wanted to ask about your dogs in that, like you're talking about going to festivals, having dogs. I know you have a girlfriend and like yes. you have you just have a well-rounded life. And I want to say a well-rounded life for a stand up, because I do feel like when you're in the scene and going about your business, it seems like people have almost like um, dwindled their life down to one thing. And that is stand up. Yeah, I've struggled with a long time of like, can I be this happy yes. and still be a good comedian? Yes. I struggle with that all the time. And the answer yes. is, yeah. You can. You just have to, you just, your perspective kind of changes and things, and the things you talk about change. And I'm so. And you're still funny. Yeah, I still try. That's, that's, I think funnier because your life is more informed than just like doing in jokes about the stand up community. I feel like I'm not as, my brother brought this up. I was, I was, uh, I've, him and I were together last week, which he lives, uh, he, we don't like, we live in different states. And he was like, you know what I've noticed about you, Alex? And this is probably because of the stand up. You're a lot more mellow like the rest of the time you used to always be like up like yeah. all the way at this 10 always and just like mm-hmm. i gotta be funny i gotta be i gotta be loud i gotta make people know the funniest me. guy and, in the room kind of thing yeah and me now too. i don't care and when i see people like that i'm like <laughs> i don't need i don't need it back up back up man just turn off for a second and be a person yeah please I, I i'm the same way i used to basically my friendships before stand-up revolved around me being the class clown of the group and I would always be like beating myself up putting myself down no one was asking me to do that that just kind of was where I was at yeah so I ended up being kind of the punching bag of the group and everyone was like Casey's so funny and that's how I got friends but I wasn't happy and I resented my friends for like treating me like the clown but I was making myself the fucking clown and like just having one space a stage or I actually love writing jokes on Twitter and stuff because that's another space that I can put my humor out into oh, the 100%. world. It like, then you, I, I'm kind of off a lot of the time. I used to always be on. I had to be the loudest. I had to be the most obscene. But isn't it, isn't it so nice to not yeah. be on all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, like I'm a very, I've turned into a very chill person. And yeah, there's times when I turn up and I get, and I'm just like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a goofball right now. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the time, I just don't feel the need to be, you know, I'm not, I'm not in any sort of race anymore. I'm not trying to be like, I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there because I already, I have to constantly tell myself like, I'm here. I have all of these amazing things in my life that give me such like immeasurable amounts of joy that what am I really searching for? Like those other more stuff will come. I think that stuff just makes you break through the crowd. Like just the, like knowing you seeing your social media, seeing your stand up, you stand out compared to so many people because you're allowing yourself a full life and a happy perspective. And of course we're fucking stand ups. Like we have dark depressive sides, like a so motherfucker, much. but to not just have to feed that beast and just to turn the other way and say, you know what? I'm going to choose to look toward the light today. Makes your shit stand out. You know what I mean? Like as comics yeah. so much. It was a really weird thing that happened to me where all of a sudden I was like, I was like this angry, depressive person. Cause I wasn't always this and like this. And all of a sudden, like I was this, positive almost inspirational which i hate to use that word myself but so many people have used it about me that it's just like i I literally like anytime somebody says something like that i'm like what 
<laughs> who are you like I like turn around like who are, how did I get to be this person and it was I just a lot of it was working on myself but a lot of it was just accepting all of this love that was coming at me in so many directions yeah. and not fighting it and just hanging out with people that make me happy and want I have a good time and all of a sudden everything was better and I just felt good. And it's crazy that we're talking about this because I just sat down with Travis Clark. We had coffee the other day and he and I hadn't talked in a long time. And we I think we had had some sort of blurry falling out back in when I was drinking and I wasn't sure what it was over. And he just contacted me. He's like, can we talk? I miss being friends. And it was beautiful. And I got to just like make things right with him. Yeah. But also see how his spirits change and it feels a lot like yours. And I feel like I'm on the same page where he got into therapy a couple years ago. I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I don't think he would. Sorry, um, Travis. Your <laughs> secrets are revealed. <laughs> thrown under the bus uh, that he's gotten healthy. But we were talking about how like we didn't think we could be happy and how much that would like deter our stand up or I don't know. It's just like I had to cling to my sadness, too, because that was who I was. Yeah. And once you find out that you don't have to do that and you still have all the talents, if not better, and you can receive love, it's like, why would you ever go back? No, yeah. I, that's all of... Uh, I used to try to, like, bring people down all the time because I was unhappy and I would just wanted them to be down at my level. And then all of a sudden... And now, my whole, my whole thing is that if you... If you interact with me for however short or long of a period of time, I want you to walk away feeling better than you did when you walked into it you know whether it be about yourself or just about you know you just got a glint of happiness for a moment whatever I just I don't want to I want everyone to walk away from me feeling good about themselves I think you succeed at that um to I just want to switch gears a tiny bit because I really wanted to ask you about slacklining sure which you're always fucking doing on the internet no but you really are in like parks and stuff and yeah. for people who don't know how do you just describe it and what does that give to the, you the easiest way to describe slacklining is it's it's a loose tightrope uh, it's like tightrope walking except the slackline can go side to side and bounces up and down I started doing it at the end of last April so I'm like eight months I'm like eight months deep into it oh that's not that long no it's uh so but I fell into it so fast like I was looking for a way to meditate and my brain moves yeah. a thousand miles oh, per hour I know I know what you mean yeah so I would sit down and I would be like okay Alex just don't do anything for five minutes and immediately within like a minute and a half I'd be like nope I don't like this I gotta move around like I don't like it so oh, meditating. I'm so, yeah I just I have all this energy in me and I was trying I was like maybe if I start meditating I can like harness it and control it and I was well, having that's what it's given to me. So yeah, yeah, that's it's what it's fucking su- hard. That's what it's supposed to do. <laughs> it's hard. But my my brain was like, no, we don't like this. Let's yeah. find another way. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found my friend started slacklining. Like one of my good friends, Dale, and he started doing it. And I was like, dude, you're this, you're a big guy. Like you can do this. He's like, yeah, I've been working on it. You should come try it. And I fell in love with it so fast. It's so meditative. It's moving meditation. Mm-hmm. So instead of you sitting there, you are just your locked focus, and you just walk across this line, like up and backwards, forwards, and there's little tricks you can do. And it just, um, it makes no matter what's going on in my life, it everything falls away and I can still Mm -hmm. think about whatever I want but nothing really matters when I'm up there and there's this also this sense of personal accomplishment that comes because when Mm -hmm. I first started doing it obviously like you can't just start walking on a slack line like it just Mm -hmm. it moves too much and your your body shakes 
And now I get up there and I control it and I can stay up there for my, my, I once stayed up there for 45 minutes just walking back and forth. And I just like, you know, it's so good for you in so many ways. And I feel like all of my life is better, has been better this year. I've been a more grounded person because I have that thing, release of like, I'm going to go do this for a couple Of all the wily energies. I think um, stand-ups and probably just people in general Everyone needs some kind of meditative outlet, but I've seen like Jerron Horton, like on his Instagram, he's always rock, rock climbing, climbing yeah. and I used to do a lot of hiking, but basically dancing's kind of fucked up my knees, so it's harder for me to get out and hike anymore, but I think it, there's like something so important about being outside and in yes. nature, which is where you do it. Like That's the thing. It's I, like- I went hiking for the first time in like forever the other day, and I was like, oh, this is why I like this, because that was before I actually started meditating. It was the quiet time with nature. And that's how I grew up. It was in Oregon. And that sure. was like, wow, like that felt powerful to me. Like it grounded me. It's uh, like hiking sucks until you do it. And then as soon as you get out there and you're actually, because the thought of like, you know, especially if you're like, all right, I got to drive to this place and I got to find parking and then I'm just going to walk up this hill. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, But then the second you actually get in the process and you start doing it, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember now why I like this. I remember yeah. how it feels good just to be outside. Just to be outside. And that's the thing. One of the other things about slacklining is like, I'll go to the park and whatever and people will just come up and they'll just start talking to me and asking me. And it's not like, you know. It's it's nice that like I'm just out amongst people. I'm watching kids play and ride their scooters down a hill, and I'm watching people just work out and re- sitting in the park reading books or just strumming a guitar while their while their boyfriend lays on their head, like on their chest or whatever. It's beautiful. And I'm it's just a, around the world. I think we forget it. how important it is to have like human connection, like truly. Yeah. Because sometimes in LA, like it's about networking, and maybe that does isn't something we outwardly say, but it's kind of unspoken when you're doing comedy and it everything. Is. And it's like when you just go be with people with no other intention than just to connect, it's like, wow, I feel relief. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those skills that I love having like the sl- slack line just because it's just another weird thing to add to the arsenal that is me. <laughs> like I remember like somebody when I was really early on, like I was I posted a video on Instagram of me like singing Michelle Branch while I was like walking across it. And uh, my friend Reagan, uh, you know Reagan Talley, right? Yeah, she yeah. she commented, This is a very Alex thing to do. And Aww. I commented back, Well, I only do very Alex things. Yeah. And I realized like slacklining is just another Alex type thing where it's like, What? What are you doing? Eccentricity. Yeah, exactly. Just a weird skill mm. to just add to the resume. I love Love it. You stand out a lot. Um, so I wanted to bring up uh, Matt Ingebretson and Jake Weissman's show. Corporate just premiered yes. on Comedy Central, and I'm like, holy fuck, you're in an episode. Actually, my whole Instagram, like every other person was like, uh, yeah. I'm in an episode. Check out Corporate. I'm, in an I'm like, fuck, this is awesome. Like everyone's being put on right now. Everyone that basically, because you know, I started doing open mics around the same time as Matt and Jake and Pat, and uh, just to ha- see. I was there on the very first day of shooting, which was really, really cool. Oh like, I was there on God. day one. And I was like, I walked in, I was like, you guys, like, look how many people you're employing right now. That's so like, look cool. at all of these friends that you're just putting on. Look at, like, I mean, not just the friends that are working on the show, but, like, you know, grips and best boys and lighting and sound. You're you're responsible right now for millions of dollars of employment. That's How so crazy cool. is that? And it just, it was, they, you know, you could tell that they were still, like, in awe of the whole situation. And I think they both still are in awe. The more things they get to do with it, the more crazy it becomes. And it just, it's just so incredible to watch your friends really start to succeed and like I'm at a point where I've been doing this 
uh, you know, almost nine years. And so you would see the people when you first start, you see these people way classes way above you. And you're like, oh, yeah. those people are doing stuff. But it still doesn't seem attainable. Yes. You know, you're still like, oh, but but they've been doing this forever. Like, that's, I don't see how to get there. Totally. But then then you start seeing the next class and the next class. It's and you're incremental. Like, it's getting closer. Yeah. And things just start to happen when they should. And all of a sudden, most, you know, so many of my friends are getting TV credits and writing jobs mm-hmm. and other great things. And it makes you go like, oh, yeah. We're all here doing this, and this is very possible if we just stay in it. I used to think people would tell you, you got it 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, because that's when you'd be good enough, right? Yes, that is when you'll be good enough, but more so that's when you will have made enough friends Mm -hmm. that everyone brings each other up. That's always been the goal. That's like the ultimate goal for me is just to bring up my friends with me. That's why would you? I don't, you know, that's 100%. I love because you see people working their ass off who are hilarious, and you're like, constantly, I'm like, why aren't you famous yet? There's so many people, I'm like, why aren't you famous yet? But they probably will get there. If they stay, yeah. That's the thing is, I think a lot of people that get around that like eight to 10 year mark and things aren't happening like they want to, and they go, you know what? I think I'd rather have a family. And then they, 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 all of a sudden, when they were hitting seven spots a week, it goes down to like one or two. And then, so it's kind of like instead of if they had stayed pushing it more, maybe they would have like it, the things they wanted would have happened. But maybe in the end, it wasn't for them. Any like you know this this really this this nomadic uh, vagrant lifestyle isn't for everybody you know like no, it's, it's hard as traveling fuck. all the time and just coming up constantly being creative and coming up with new projects and bearing your soul on stage to strangers and just rejection after rejection after rejection after so rejection. many I tell people <laughs> how I'll, do you how do you stand the callus Alex that's uh, what I don't get you are a very optimistic person who does a good job of keeping his head above water but sometimes shit gets me down man I just don't expect anything anymore like I just I used to go like all right if I can just book three commercials this year then I'll be fine and I'll do and then it's just like you get so used to like okay no I'm not gonna get that either and you you stop worrying about the opportunities you don't get you go in for everything as hard as you can and then when you don't get it you go okay that wasn't the one so what else is there the day I got the call that I was gonna do corporate I was up for a writing job and a national commercial and I found out like within an hour of each other that I didn't get both of those and Mm. I was like all right, damn Mm. it oh that one those hurt a little bit because there were two really good ones and then all of a sudden I get the call like later that day hey we have this offer for you to be on the show. And I was like, I didn't audition for anything. They're like, yeah, they're, they're just giving you the show. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. and so it was just That's one of those, oh yeah, example. don't worry about this other stuff you don't get because there will be stuff you do get. When people say, oh, this person doesn't, this show never books me. I don't understand why. Oh, that's so annoying. But fuck that show then for you. Like, don't worry about it. Go yeah. to the people that do like you. Find the people that do like yes. you. I've been working so hard on finding my crowd and finding fans that uh, genuinely like what I'm doing. And that's why I attack the festival circuit so hard is just like you guys. Yeah, you guys have brought Crave to festivals to do stand up at, right? Yeah, yeah. Which ones have you got? That's incredible. Where um, you Desert Hearts and then Camp Trip, which is a friend of mine's like small, like, so like it's like a really small, like 400, 300, 400 person festival. They've only done like five of them but we're going back to desert hearts this year uh, in april like i love comedy at music festivals it's the best it's the best because people need a break and people are so happy just to lay on a blanket and just watch some stuff for a while (laughs) and you know it literally just gives them a break of like oh yeah i've been just dancing all weekend let me just chill for a bit and watch what these people and have people to say. love comedy like you never don't love comedy if you're coming off drugs if you're coming up on drugs if you're sober it's just like comedy is like the best no matter what mood i'm in yeah i'm not there's looking... always a space for stand-up 
I'm not even looking for hardcore comedy fans anymore because I know the hardcore comedy fans will find me and find us. I'm looking for the festival people that don't think about going to comedy shows all the time. And I'm like, hey, I got a show curated just for you guys. Yeah. So come here. Let me introduce you to these awesome comedians, and then we can rage out afterwards. And Dude, social media has given me, like, it, and you're talking about, like, finding your crowd. Social media has, it's like I could list the stats on who my, who my target crowd is and who my fans fan bases and it's you know girls like 18 to 25 that's what it is like they just like love me as and they should that's who that's who you're you. looking for that, it, yeah and i'm like thank fucking god for social media even though it has its downsides as we were talking about before before we started recording but it gave me the hope that like oh yeah somebody responds to my voice you know and those are the girls that are like where are you performing like what can i listen to of yours that i'm like oh yeah i have this fucking podcast you know like if I was just doing open mics and like shows around town, like uh, I-, I noticed that the girls in the audience laugh more at my jokes than the guys, but yeah. there's not that many fucking girls. So you just get really hopeless, like very fast. Yeah. You have to find <laughs> your platform. That's going to get you to the most people that are, that are going to want what you have to say. Yes. And it's very, the, the 18 to 25 year old is, a, is, that's that perfect age where you're like, these people are still forming the people that they want to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to have a voice mm-hmm. in that. Like in the same way that I was yep. saying how I love being at the guy at the festival that's wearing some crazy outfit and other people are like what is this and I'm just like you could do this too I fu- that's like that's how I felt when I saw people dressed up at festivals or for me it was girls who were dressed down in like a fucking thong and a tiny bikini for me I grew up like very sexually repressed and I always wanted to be buck ass naked but I like was way too afraid so it's just seeing people like open the door for you and I like that that even this podcast or my presence on social media or my stand up Basically, I I see the shift, and and I'm not the only one doing it, but in people looking at strippers as like, oh, that's cool, and that's another job, and that can seem... That can be a fun job. It's it's cool when you make it cool, you know, because the people have this image of strippers. They're like, oh, they're 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 sad, and they're like, oh, they're just trying to, you know, do, pay for school. You know, they're not. They have all these things. They're all like heroin addicts. And yeah, shit like that's but it doesn't think. have to be. Just some women. They're like, no, I like to dance. I like I like the lots of uh, women. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need. It's like a fun thing. Um, we're gonna go to break soon, but I really wanted to pass, ask you. You had a fucking stunt double for the show for corporate. <laughs> yeah, that Dude, was a, that what? was a career bucket list. Okay. Him right say, there. How was that? I mean, it was like a 60 year old man, and they brought him in, and, and I was like, This is my son double. And they were like, Yeah. And it was like, He looked like my dad. And they were like trying on, t- putting him wigs on him that were like my hair. And it was just so silly. So surreal. Yeah. And then him and I were just walking around set together and, you know, just cracking everybody up of just like, Oh, yeah, this is a. Uh, this is uh, the guy that's supposed to look like me, and the closest person Can they I found. Can I ask was... what the stunt was? Yeah, they uh, a driver had to. I had to hit someone with a car. Oh, crazy! And he yeah. was fucking sixty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but you know, it doesn't look like it when he's in the when you actually see the show. You're just like, oh, do I look sixty? No. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. All righty, we're back to Casey's Freak Show with Alex Hooper, and I want to give a shout-out to Meltdown Comics, my lovely network, and the standalone store at 7522 Sunset Boulevard. Like I say every week, come come check it out. They always have events going on. Um, so we're back with Alex. Um, we left off actually talking about the show corporate, the comedy show, 
Um, but have you ever worked a desk job or a corporate job? I can't see you. Not in that. so much a corporate job. I mean, I've worked a lot of jobs. I, I mean, the job I've had for the past nine years that I still have today is I sell tickets at Universal Studios. Uh, I moved to California and I got uh, that job in conjunction with a job at a call center, which I quickly realized was not going to be the way to do anything. Uh, Wait, why? Have you ever worked at a call center? No. Oh god, you just because it's yeah, it's just like dot 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 dot. Hey, I'm Alex calling for no. Hey, it's Alex. Oh my god. And it was our. I worked for this terrible company called Dynatech. It was all a scam. They were they were basically they tricked you into buying. They we told you you want a free digital radio, and then they tricked you into buying a box of packaging tape, and you paid like and companies would pay like five hundred dollars for this box of tape without realizing they were being billed for anything. Thing. What? And it was just awful. Uh, How terrible. Just a bad company, bad thing. But I was brand new to California and I was like, I looked for employment for a month. I knocked mm-hmm. on every restaurant. I applied yep. everywhere. And yep. I quickly realized California doesn't want me to work in their restaurants. Uh, you know, I had long hair and I was just like fresh face and I was like, you know, just not for them. And so I got that job. And then, luckily, I didn't have to stay too long because I got the job at Universal, which, you know, I never work. I, I only work morning to early afternoon. And Wow, then you have a they... dream. That's what I'm looking for now. It's just like I interviewed at a, a business that was actually really cool to be a receptionist. But sitting there talking to the women, this was like two days ago. I it, it kind of dawned on me in the sinking feeling in my stomach, like, oh, I don't belong here. It's <laughs> like I couldn't handle it, like mentally. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. I tell myself that a lot because I have these nights where, like, you know, I will have this amazing show or I'll be on TV and then I go back to work the next day and I put on a uniform and yeah. I sit in this job and I go like, and I my brain goes like, I don't belong here. And then my other brain goes, yeah, but you know all those fun things you like to do and how you like having money and how you like uh, going out to dinner with your friends and going to concerts remember all that well this is where that money comes from and because i could live off the money i just from comedy i could survive off of that fun. money you want to enjoy life exactly i don't want to freak out i want to know that if i got if if my car breaks down when rent is due yes. that i'm gonna be okay yes. that i have i have money that coming in every week i'm fine like i have a savings account because i'm smart about my money i'm not i'm not frugal like clearly i go on vacations and things like that i'm just wise about how i spend my and money that's good to be yeah i'm still looking for a daytime job i'm, I'm, I'm applying but what i realized is I can't do I can't do the nine to five I have a doggy now you know and yep. like I have to take care of him and I also want to pursue my dreams and, and the girls were talking about we sometimes do 14 hour days they take their work home with them even if you're a receptionist no and I'm like nope. I, I'm still applying to daytime jobs I just see that oh like this desk environment may not be for me and I know in my heart that I I couldn't handle it. I, I love your job position. It's funny because yeah. like, you're like, oh, that sounds like the dream. It's like, yes. no, I would never describe it that way. But I will say this. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't suck my soul at all. I go there and I'm around all these coworkers that I would have never met that come from all various backgrounds. Some of them are 17. Some of them are 70. Well, that you sounds know? like a fun and job. Some, and yeah, and the thing is, I have fun with it. Like, I am the most fun person to work with. And I make sure that no matter what, I'm entertaining the people around me and I'm entertaining myself and I'm entertaining the guests 
that I sell tickets to. Yeah. And it just works it just works out totally. really well for me and I have health insurance and they, they they understand that this is not my career. They let me go on the road whenever wow. I have to. So they've gotten to the it's point where gig. they under yeah, my managers now especially have been there 9 years longer than I've been doing stand up understand that they're I'm good at my job, so just let me be do it well when I need to You're be an there. Asset. But then when I'm not there, know that I can't be there. Like I always tell them, I'm not yeah. fu- I'm not fucking around. Like when I when I say I need time off, like I'm doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's give me the time awesome. off. Awesome, and you um you really crushed that roast battle. I feel like that's really taken you to this next level um, yeah. at the comedy store, and you ended up on their show on TV. Um, how, are you still really active in that community? I still I go every week. I judge a lot. I just I hadn't I haven't battled in a long time in almost in about six months. But I'm actually about to do another one in a couple weeks. Just um just to like kind of just for fun because I don't need to I don't need to care about it as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. I used to be such a big deal that I would be like okay I gotta I gotta write a million jokes and I gotta make sure that I'm the best and I gotta and it got to the point where it's like. I was there for a long time and it was really fun and I got started playing the game my own way and that was the most important thing is that I started dressing up and doing these characters and voices Mm -hmm. and I really started having fun and making it the show that I was like I was like this there's no rules here. I can do I whatever I want. That. So I like, love that. Yeah, I got tired of wearing T-shirts and just going out and just being saying mean jokes. Can I was you wear like, like a bathrobe that was fuzzy or something on TV? <laughs> I wore a fur coat over pajamas and oh, okay, there was you go. throwing lollipops out to the audience. Holy and fuck, stuff. I love you. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it kind of just, I was just, it was just having fun. And that was another way of like, people reached out to me through that and like, and like, I don't remember who won, but I remembered you. Like, and I was like, good, that means you're, yes. you're my fan. Oh my God, like, you yes. come with me. Like, we're, Alex, going, we're going on a journey. You're fucking killing it. Um, and you also made a calendar and then I fucking saw here, um, oh my God, we should have just taken a picture with that. The pug yoga calendar. Yeah, well, they sold out of them here. So oh, they there's, did? Yeah, there's no more here. So talk about those. Um, how did you get the inspo for that? What happened? happened with it pug yoga happened so organically like i was on i was rolling around my apartment one day with my dog (laughs) uh she's a little korean rescue named kimchi and then i have another mexican rescue named carlton those are my two pugs but kimchi i put her on i was on my back i put her on my knees and then i quickly put her on my feet and i raised my feet like straight up so i was making like an l shape with my body on the ground my feet in the air and i just had her resting on my feet my girlfriend took a picture i put it online and people freaked out they were like this is hilarious (laughs) so I so I went to a park and People's took a bunch more. Things. Yeah, I took a bunch. I took a bunch more photos, and then I was at Desert Hearts doing Crave there. Told Troy Conrad, who's an amazing photographer, about the idea, and he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna do that, right?" And I was like, "I don't know, man." Like, I, no, he's like, "Alex, we're doing this. We're gonna make a calendar." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, all right." And I think enough people just kind of just just asserted me. They just made it. They were like, they were like, "Yes, do it." Do it, do it. Because we throw away so many of our ideas. We come up with these yeah. ideas and we go, yeah, but that seems like a lot of work. I don't think it would work. Just whatever. Screw yeah. it. Throw it away. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to throw this away. This is silly. This is fun. And I'm just going to do it. You're like and- a hot girl. You have your own calendar. I like, know. And you have like a I'm following. either a hot girl or a disgusting man because a lot of <laughs> disgusting men make calendars of like, ooh, boudoir oh, truckers. no. But no, yeah. I, uh, I don't think it falls in that category. No, it definitely does it's not. It's cuter than that. It's... 
it was so much fun to make it, and it took so much more work than I ever thought it would. It's but so I'm so good to follow through on a fucking idea. That's, that's it. like cool that's to what watch. It is. When I when I held the first one in my hand, when I got the proof from the printer, I was like, "Holy shit! Like we did it! Like this is it! I we, yeah. I I made this thing, and it ended up on Ellen. Yeah, and then it well, got like, on wait, Ellen. How then, how did she get a hold of that? Like what happened there? That's amazing. Uh, I tell people well, one because I made a thing. If you make a thing, you never know where it will go. But really, True. I have a friend who's a writer there and he told me they were thinking about doing this segment about weird calendars so he you know it's part of it is like luck but the other part of it is just... That's not luck. You it, knew a writer on the show. Right. That's I knew a happened. lot of people, and I followed yes. through on a thing. Therefore, uh, I had the perfect... I had this perfect piece yes. for them to showcase. I, I try to express that to people, too. That's how I've gotten anything I've gotten in comedy or with writing and stuff is, like, you do enough stand-up, and then you meet enough people, start getting followers on your social media through those people, keep working hard, keep writing jokes, keep posting your bullshit, Yeah. and people come around to you. It's like, it's magnetic. You're and magnetic. You don't, you don't know who knows about you a lot of the time. No. You really, oh my God. you don't know how many people out no. there, how far your reach goes it's, until yes. they start coming out when you do these things. And when the Pug Yoga calendar got on Ellen, the amount of response I got um, was insane and people that are just like oh I've, yeah, I've, I've liked you for so long I love your stand up but this is like really really cool and I'm just like who are you and then I've even asked a few people that have sent me like private messages I'm like hey how'd you hear about me They're like oh I heard about you from this guy and I'm like I don't know who that guy is either isn't so that cool it starts to get bigger yeah and it, it just realized like you know you you just it's part of just like putting stuff out there and yep. finishing projects and just making sure that you have tangible things for people to listen to, to watch, mm. to hold, to so, consume. Yeah. But we're creators. We want we're 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 creating for the consumer. We want people to consume our art. And yeah. th- I feel that way too just like dumb little things like certain followers I get on my Instagram or Twitter or even sometimes people who don't follow me, I'll catch like on my Instagram videos, uh my Instagram story watching it and I'm like that person knows who I am and they're like checking out my entire Instagram story. Like they may not follow me, but I'm like, they're fucking lurking and I can see it. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes it kind of either baffles me or even angers me. I'm like, why are you staring at me? Cause it feels like a little bit lurky, but it's like, no, I'm on their fucking radar. Like, Roseanne Barr follows me on Twitter. How did that happen? Like, how she, did that happen? She That's is my, insane. she's like guided my life. I mean, I know how that happened. You know, I know exactly, I know exactly how, because you kept yeah. putting good things out in the world that people yeah. liked and eventually people are going to find you. And you're like, what? When those moments happen, I just freeze in place. I'm like, is this real? But yeah. it is. I sat there when, when I got, I got, a, I didn't know the calendar was going to be on Ellen. Like they told me like a month before that, like they asked for a couple of them, but then I was like, uh, yeah, but then it never happened. And all of a sudden I get a text on January 2nd from the East coast. Just like, do you know you're on Ellen right now? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, no, um, Can I ask what joke she said about it? Like, what did what's her was her little one liner? She said, uh, she she said because the cover of it is like it's me in this bo- in bow pose, which is like when you're on your stomach but you're grabbing your feet you're like very from behind. Flexible. You're more flexible than me. I'm very. I don't think I'm more flexible than you. But I'm, I'm not that flexible. I'm, I, I my agility levels are shocking to most <laughs> um but then i uh she said so my dog is like is on my back and she has her arm over my arm and uh i call the photo backseat driver because it just looks like she's got her arm out the window and it just said she ellen zoomed in dog's face she said that dog's face is i think how we all feel about this <laughs> uh, or something something along those With lines all wrinkled like confused face yeah i'm just like i don't you know but all i wanted to do was make something that people would look at 
even just once a day is just glance over from their cubicle when they're just like frustrated and see that calendar and go, oh yeah, okay, never mind. Because your intention is spreading joy and it's not necessarily like like tearing people down to get famous, which sometimes feels like a lot of people's intention in this town is just do whatever it takes to get a platform of fame and you're just like I want to have fun and spread joy share everything like your friends like I, I there's always going to be that moment when a friend of yours gets something that you would have loved to have when at first you go oh man I would have wanted that but then you get over that within two or three seconds yep. and go wait a minute that's my friend that gets to have that. That's incredible mm-hmm. that I get to watch this person go through this journey now of like they're watching them level up. And you so know? much of the time that like then I, I have to be like, oh, yeah, they fucking work their ass off for that. You yeah. know, they deserve that. Um, so what does being free mean to you? <sighs> being free would be it's it's just having a, a level, a state of mind that you don't feel obligated to do things that you don't want to do. And sometimes we all have to do things that we don't want to do, but if you can get past it knowing, giving yourself reasons, like, I don't want to go to my day job every day, but like I said, I know that by going to my day job, I'm going to afford myself the uh, freedom to be able to go and buy things that I want to buy and go to events that I want to go to and just live the life that I want to live. But I think really just, I think people get trapped in their own mind of... They think success is this. They have this this certain uh, view of what success is, and if they're not there yet, then they think they're just searching, searching, searching. Mm. And for the past couple of years, I've worked really hard on just being present and being happy with what I have, and you know, appreciation over expectation, and really not complaining. That was my number one mm. thing. Is like I stopped complaining because people. I I think I I, man- I mentioned the magnetic thing before, but people are magnetized to the gratitude and to the light but so much of the time we only see cynicism yeah and nobody wants to book that nobody wants to hang out with that nobody wants to bring that up with them i mean some people who are like funny and cynical but like just overwhelming cynicism and hatred like it turns people off like energetically yeah i think i think that's what i kind of realized is like i don't when i was doing the a couple years ago i did this thing on facebook where i wrote about a different awesome person i know every oh, single day oh i know day. i loved it i know cuz you were I was one on of them it. right <laughs> so that's me ranted it too it's 366 people cuz i did a leap year cuz i'm an idiot oh, you did that. Um, oh wow it was 366 people that i wrote about that inspire me to be a better person that i'm so lucky to have in my life and when i realized i was like wait a minute if i know all of these people like why do I ever complain like that's so much more than most people will ever have in their entire life knowing this many creative funny funny Mm. just amazing people and so I just like and now I don't know where shitty people are anymore I've I've extra 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 them out of my life and I I'm only surrounded by like love and happiness and silly people and creativity and that's god I fucking when I moved to LA I was like oh yeah this is my city the city of the broken toys or whatever but I, I mean it in the best way. Like it is, it is because you you realize that you're not alone, and people yeah. come here and they're motivated and they're smart and they want to do things that they feel like they couldn't have done somewhere else, and so it really just all comes back to just accept being okay with where you are in your life no matter where that is and if you're not okay with it then figure out why you're not okay with it and wow. start improving and things and find what makes you happy and for me you know 
festivals and pugs and slacklining and my girlfriend and my friends and stand up and like I have all of these things coming at me in all directions and I just don't take anything too seriously anymore. I work my fucking ass off, but I don't if I have a bad set or if I do something something that didn't go well, all right. Cool. You're going to be like, one. oh, look at the blessings in my life versus like, oh, this one thing didn't go the exact way that I wanted it to. Sometimes all it takes is like, you know, you you are not having a great day and then you drop a glass on the floor and it shatters and you just break into a million pieces yeah. just like that glass. <laughs> yeah, and you're totally. like, that's it. Nothing's ever <laughs> right for me. Why? That was me yesterday. That was me fucking yesterday. Yeah. And it's been a while, but I... I've been on the job search, and it's really emotionally exhausting. It is. It's it's it, tumultuous. Looking for up a job and down, is awful. And I, I kind of like the interview I had a couple of days ago. I had pinned a lot on that job. Like the the actual business is really cool, and the environment of the of their workplace was amazing. And I kind of saw it as my way out of dancing because I'm like, I'm ready to stop dancing. I mean, granted, like I will just I want to say this because I'm sick of people when I say I'm leaving dancing being like, oh, I'm glad you're growing up or I'm glad you always seem like you'd move on or like very condescending comments. Yeah, I want to say I love dancing. I fucking went back on Friday and I had a good old time. There's just certain elements about like my health that I can no longer do it. And the money's not great anymore. I'm not going to fucking lie. It's not that great anymore. So I that can would do be it. a big motivator for me. Yeah, yeah. money and, and my health and my body's in a lot of pain. But um, I pinned a lot on this job. And for a couple of weeks, I was like doing the resume, the cover letter, the emails back and forth. I was telling everybody about it. Woohoo, this is where I'm going. You yeah. know? And you start to think about like, well, if I had it, then this will happen. That'll this make will me happen. happy. Oh, yeah. And then I'll have time freed up to do more stand up as if I'm like fucking doing enough as it or doing much as it is, but making excuses. And I just pinned a lot. Like, if I get this, then I'll just be. And it's like that. What? That job wasn't meant to be like, I haven't even gotten an email either way about it, like if I got it or not, but I know that I won't take it if I do because it wasn't right for me. Like I, yeah. I realized that in the interview was, oh, this isn't right for me. It's good that you know that because a lot of people are like, it's not right for me, but I guess I should do it anyway. Just That's to, what a lot like, of people are it. telling and me. Then, and then but in three my months core, go by and they're like de- depressed, yes, angry. Everyone's been saying that to me and I totally, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I feel that too because I can never not be true to who I am. Like it almost like painfully so like sometimes I I, I hate <laughs> I hate how true I have to be to myself like I can't not listen to the inner voice I can't afford it yeah um, it's funny when like you because you start going in through the, down this path of like well if I get it then, then, then my life will be like this and we do this with any opportunity we yeah. have where we I'll go I'll have the money oh. I'll have the time I'll have the, the uh, respect from my boyfriend's parents yeah there was this moment <laughs> I, I got it I made it to like the top eight on on the second season of roast battle and there was this moment when like I had I had this really good battle with Matthew Broussard and I wasn't sure which way it was going to go if it was going to be him or me and then they gave it to him and I had this moment where I went I literally I was like oh there went so much money and I watched it like my brain went (laughs) just thinking about like oh I just lost so much money so much money like I didn't lose it I never had it (laughs) you never but you know but 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 in your head you had it yeah it's just like oh I could get another night on TV oh and all this money and then all of a sudden you have that moment go and it all just drains out like it's just like a red bar just went all the way down to zero but then I just you get over it so fast because like I think about that every time I'm up for like a commercial like oh that could be 25 grand and that would just change everything and then it doesn't happen it's like well I never had it anyway you never had it oh my gosh so So, 
I wanted to ask you, I think I touched on it earlier. How do you stay in the headspace of abundance and gratitude? How do you do that? Do you, is it just like staying active with things that make you happy? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's completely it. Like I know when I need to do a weekend getaway with my friends and I know when, I know when to what's worth spending money on and what's not. And I know when to just take myself, take a night or I know when I need to do like, if I'm telling myself, oh, I don't like doing jokes anymore then fucking write a new joke, Alex. Like, stop yeah. thinking, oh, it will just come to me one day randomly out of the <laughs> air. A fairy will appear and just sprinkle dust on me and there are punchlines. No, sit down and fucking write if you're not happy about it. Because every time we don't want to do something, but we know we should do it, the second you force yourself to do it, you feel better. You feel better you and never you're not feel... wallowing in the pity anymore. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. I You never feel worse after working out. You know what I mean? Before it, you didn't want to go on that hike. You feel pretty fucking good after that hike, though. And the same thing that you said with the weekend getaways is like I kind of grew up in the in the country and in Oregon and I get I feel like a rat in a cage lately. So what I did was just fucking set up a beach date with my friend tomorrow. Like that's what I need is that is like the ocean air to breathe it. Like yeah, that's what you, I thank need. Thank you right January now. in LA for being 80 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> oh god, it's amazing. Yeah, tomorrow's supposed to be 80 in Malibu, but it's just like I've been Ignoring that voice because I'm like, no, Casey, you have to just apply for jobs all day, every day and obsess about it as if that's going to help. When really the best opportunities that I get, like with the job search and everything, are friends coming to me because I've posted about it on social media and being like, oh, well, maybe you send me your resume for the company I work for. Exactly. You put and it so, out there. Yeah. It's just like give myself a fucking break. <clears throat> Listen to that inner voice that I haven't been listening to and caused me a breakdown yesterday. My life needed balance and everyone's life needs balance. And that's literally... The one of the things I get from slacklining is obviously that's the that's what it is. You're balancing, you know. But Quite that's literally, what, yeah. but that's <laughs> what life life is just balance. Like you need you need to work as hard as you can and play as hard as you can and you know just make sure that you're giving yourself to both. I never there's times when like I want my friends like oh we're going to this festival too and I'm like no because that. I already go to this one, so I need to do I need to do actual work aside from that, cool. so I can afford myself, and I'm okay with that. That always makes me feel like way more. I'm I'm way more motivated when I'm going and having fun. Yeah. Like really, like because when I come back, I'm like ready to fucking work. Yeah, of course. Like it's when crazy. I was I was in Thailand in November, and all these people were like, "Ah, oh, back to real life soon, huh?" And I was like, "If you knew what my real life was, you yes. wouldn't say that." Like I'm so excited to get back and do more shows and come back to L. A. with all the people that I love and the city that I love. I wanted to ask you. Um, I know you did stand up in Bangkok, and yeah. your whole trip looked magical. Um, how did the stand up go? I mean, how was Thailand? Thailand was. <clears throat> It was uh, incredible. It was uh, I say it's the it's the most beautiful, cheapest place you could ever go if you want to piss out of your asshole for two straight weeks. <laughs> uh, you will get the this food. Thing, you it, get the runs. You will get this thing called Thai tummy. It's impossible thai to avoid tummy. it. Yeah, you're. It's impossible to avoid. Why? You're gonna get it. What's happening with the food there? There's just there's certain there's different bacteria that you're just not used to, thai and they just they just hit you. Uh, <laughs> and the thing is, you just you just learn to accept it. You just move on. Because and you're, you're having like, a great old time. Whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm bathing an elephant. I don't care if I got the runs, whatever. <laughs> um, but Stand Up in Bangkok was, it was one of my favorite shows I've ever done. Um, and I've done thousands. So, like, it's hard for me to, like, just pick one. But it goes up there because I was so afraid of it. Because I was like, this is going to be a crowd that might not get me. They're all over the map. They were from the UK and Indonesia and Thailand and America. And they were anywhere from 20 years old, <clears throat> excuse me, 20 years old to, like, 75 in the audience and I'm just looking at these faces going like you're like how am I gonna I'm not for you yeah I'm not for you Mm -hmm. and then I started and 
I quickly realized that they were on board with me and I started having the most present set that I've ever had of doing because I did an hour for them you and I, fucking hour I did an hour yeah. and I was and I had all these I had a template of what I was going to do but a lot of it I was like well that's not going to work here that's not going to work here they don't know what that is that's too re- that's too references yeah. and so then I would just anything that happened to the crowd I was responding and I was on my toes and I had this feeling of like this doesn't matter you're in fucking Bangkok doing this show <laughs> like whatever happened just give them the best show and I started to just have so much fun on stage and I just I felt incredible and I had this I it was one of those things where we're all working together we're a unit right now like I'm conducting the orchestra but we are a unit and you guys are all part of this and afterwards like you know I met this woman after the show who was like probably in her 60s and she was like she was like I just want to tell you this is my first stand-up comedy show ever and you were so funny you made me laugh so much and it was the woman in the second row who I even talked about in the middle of my set how much it was warming my heart that she was laughing so much because I was like I'm looking at you going you're uh, like I'm not gonna do it for you." you yeah and instead she gave me everything back and then I was like miss I gotta like I gotta take a picture with you you're just so sweet what is your name and she was like Lana and I was like of oh, course it is. Like what it's I was like, yep. And and like of course my girlfriend they made fun of me about that so much. So uh That's beautiful. Yeah, she was because my it's we have the ever fuel where I love LDR and my girlfriend hates her. She hates her? Oh hates my god, her. no. She, oh, I'm gonna, you wanna know broke. why? Why? She doesn't have a good voice. <laughs> oh my god, people I I have that as the final question. I mean we'll ask you a couple more, but that was my big in all caps. I was I wrote Let's talk about Lana Del Rey, can I, we? I don't know why I love why her so much. Why do people hate her so much? I don't know why I lo- I understand why people hate her. I don't understand why I love her. She has a giant fan base. Of course you love her. I like, love her. One of my best friends, Zara, loves her. Everyone fucking loves her. I, I think But I, the haters are much louder I love, about her. I love really dreamy music. And I love a woman with a very sultry voice that just She's is very fucking deep rock star. and speaks to me. She's a fucking me. superstar. Yeah, and I, the thing is, is I don't, I've watched things of uh, like concerts of her live and I kind of like I get why people make fun of it it looks it just like it doesn't seem like a lot's going on but when I when I listen to it and it brings me to this very emotional place yeah. where I feel really beautiful inside. Where even though she's singing about really it's all the dark sad girls. stuff, you're a, you're an honorary sad girl. I think I am. I think there's that part of me. We love it. There's that part of me that's still like 17 years old, listening to Dashboard Confessional, mm-hmm. like where I'm just like, oh, this just feels good to just feel like. Be- One of the most beautiful moments I've ever had in my life was it might have been my third year or second year at Coachella, and I was on acid, just just enough of it. You know, just enough. in a giant out like the sun had just set at Coachella. It was one of the main stages and it was Lana. And that was back when everyone was still shitting all over her SNL performance. You know, back when like yeah. she because now I mean, like people are a lot more open about liking her. But this entire crowd, the whole like field of Coachella fell silent at her presence. And I was crying. And I think there was like a gay guy next to me crying. And we and it was silent. And she was up there smoking a fucking cigarette while she sang and it it was just like I think a lot of copycats have come around since her but at that time there was no one fucking like her doing that throwback to the 60s thing it was gorgeous I've cried to her whole catalog on acid before too so I get it (laughs) It I totally get that it was gorgeous what's your favorite drug I actually wanted to ask you oh my god (laughs) no I'll say this Harry Morrow said a line one time that I love he goes my favorite drug is the ones that are there Um, which I really I really respect that Um, because honestly I like they all have their place Uh, I except uh, not all of them 
I will do not fuck with meth or heroin or PCP or bath salts or, or any crack. of the ones that are your crack. Any of the ones that are going to turn me into some weird monster. I don't want. Um, but I like the rest of them are great. They're all so fun. And the thing is, they really, if you, I'm a responsible drug user and people scoff at that. But you know, like, you know, you, when, like, you realize that you were not a responsible drug user. You realize. I'm an addict. That, right. I, I, there's no, like, genetically, there's no way for me to be. Right. Whereas I'm not an addict. I love doing things. I can't do things in moderation. I always push myself. But if I don't, whether I do drugs or I don't, I'm still the same person inside. My rule is you're only allowed to do drugs to make an already fun situation more fun. That's oh, okay. my rule. If I'm ever feeling down, if I'm ever feeling angry, you're not allowed to do drugs. Oh, I love to do but, drugs when I was sad. Oh, I was yeah. always That's sad. That's the though, problem. So. That's the problem. Is me, I'm like, oh, are we like, about to have the best time ever? Let's make it the super best time ever. I was like, oh, ever. antidepressants? That's just Molly. That's Molly. That's my antidepressant. And that went poorly i'll say that to say the least um we're closing out but i wanted to ask you i like talk when i talk to stand-ups about where you want to go with stand-up are you thinking about ever like i want to transition to writing are you one of those stand-up purists i'm a performer like like through and through i love writing but really i come my what really elevates me is just the performance aspect i want to do more as much stand-up as possible for the rest of my life. I love the acting stuff too, but and the acting stuff is really more of a gateway for me to get more fans to do more stand-up. Yeah. I want people, I want, my goal in stand-up is I know I will have really truly made it when I can walk on stage wearing one of my amazing outfits and instead of people going, what the fuck is this about to be? Everyone cheers because they're like, fuck yeah, let's do it, man. Like, we're so excited. That's awesome what you're wearing let's fucking gel I feel like let's, you're like putting laugh. the fun back into stand up again where it's an actual show like what didn't they used to like back in the fucking 60s have um what is it the different the shows where they had like different kinds of performers and I don't know a variety shows a variety show yeah. I think that's so fun to have the, the, the fun back in it because I think sometimes we lose the performance aspect yeah so a lot of people think has to be dry and it has to be this and it's like no we're we're doing stand-up because we want to be big kids we yeah. want to have fun i just want you to i just want you to have a good time just laugh cool. where can people follow you and see your stuff and see your show very easy to find uh hoopercomedy.com uh if you want to go to crave cravecomedy.com and then uh i have an album coming out march 2nd wow. through a special thing records uh and it's called hugs drugs pugs Based on the three things that have changed my life, as you've probably figured out in this podcast. Beautiful. And what's like your Instagram and Twitter? Uh, at Hooper Hairpuff. H O O P E R H A I R P U F F. Might as well fucking cram it all in there. Yeah, I know, right? You're a beast. You're a one man <laughs> machine. I, I love try. it. And thanks for coming out today. This Thank has you, Casey. Been this has been fantastic. So good. I'll talk to you. See you later. Very soon. <laughs>